0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.
1: Good morning. Thanks for joining us on episode number two of Go To Grandma. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and we have a great show lined up for you today, featuring two very special guests, Allison Schaefer is a family therapist and best-selling author. Allison will give us some guidelines on how to navigate and negotiate through situations when grandparent rules aren't the same as parent rules. And then Julie Cole, a mother of six children, yes, you heard that right, six children, Julie will take us through leading a discussion with grandparents when you have a grandchild who is part of the LGBTQ community. I can't wait to talk with both of them. Helping to teach our grandchildren to talk and to communicate with us is a big and fun part of grandparenting. The first words they learn to say is often Mama and Dada, or whomever their primary caregiver might be. Between 18 months and 2 years old, they will often start to mimic many words that they hear very often. Car, more, please, and of course, no. You want to make sure that if you have salty language, that you clean it up around your grandchildren. Unless, of course, your kids are comfortable with their toddler cursing a blue streak when they stub their toe. My grandson Owen is not quite two. He has mastered many words, naturally mama "dada," more, and cracker, and he makes sounds that sound like his extended family members' names. I am Mandma, which I don't mind, but I'm looking forward to hearing him say grandma for the first time. Maybe I should have called myself something easier, like nana. He, Owen, calls himself Oh No, which is often fairly appropriate. What's in a name? More importantly, what's in a grandma name? What's your grandma or granddad name? Do you have one picked out? It's almost as hard as naming a baby, naming yourself when you find out you're going to be a grandparent. I went through a list in my head, as I'm sure you did or will do as well. Grandmother? Well, no. Wow, that's just scary. Grandmama? That is a tad pretentious for me. Granny? Well, hello, Beverly Hillbillies. Gran? That's not quite right. Grandma? Okay, yes, plain old grandma for me. Growing up, I had two grandmas, as many people do. I actually only met both of them a handful of times as they lived in England. But they were Grandma Buckworth and Grandma Peg, my mum's maiden name. They were quite different from each other. Grandma Buckworth used to say she was going on a diet, and that diet would consist of only beer and donuts. Grandma Peg would slice a pork chop like it was a roast. You could see through each slice. Growing up, we knew to ask for either a Buckworth piece of cake or a Peg serving of Brussels sprouts. I'm grandma to Owen and Cam, and their other grandma is Grandma D, the first letter of her real name. His great grandma, Maureen, is called Gigi Mo. It's pretty much an open space as far as grandparent names go. If you're thinking about it, here are some celebrity grandma and granddad names for your consideration. Debbie Reynolds used to go by Abba Dabba. Sharon Osbourne, Shazza, makes sense, and Blythe Danner was Woof, which sort of makes sense when you consider her grandchildren are named Apple and, well, Moses, a good name around here, and Rita Wilson is Yaya. Paul McCartney opted for Grand Dude, and Lionel Richie is Plain Old Jeepa, but the one I love the best, Martha Stewart's grandchildren call her Martha. When Prince William was young, he reportedly called his grandma, the Queen, Gary, because he couldn't say grandma. He was later attributed with saying, as I learned growing up, you don't mess with your grandmother. Wise words indeed. Pretty sure the name Gary went by the way pretty quickly. What types of factors do you want to consider before you choose your name? I found some advice on the website Canadian Grandparents. How easy is the name to say and hear? Gigi and Pop may be easiest to say, but you also want to think about how it will sound when they are older. Do you want your 17-year-old grandson calling Gigi across a crowded room? Maybe, but maybe not. Consider family traditions and family cultures. Names like Bubby, Grandmare, Nona, Oma, Tutu. Consider your relationship with your extended family. Are there step-grandparents? Make sure to talk about who is who. Who gets dibs on what names? Does it matter if there are two grandmas or two granddads with no distinction? Chances are your grandkids will make up the distinction themselves if you don't. I know someone who used to call her mother-in-law grandma crazy, so just be careful. Make up your own grandparent name? Why not? My friend Marilyn Smith wants to be called Mimi when she's a grandma. Or do what I did and follow your own grandparents' lead. What did you call them? Does it work for you? No matter what you decide your name is, ultimately it will be your grandkids who decide what it will be, depending on what they can say and also what they kind of find fun to say. What's your grandma or granddad name? Tweet me at Kathy Buckworth and let's see what we have. What the kids say is always important, and on today's show we are going to get into some relevant conversations around just that. My first guest is Alison Schaefer, a family therapist and best-selling author of books like Honey, I Wrecked the Kids. Allison is going to share some strategies with us when grandparent rules and parent rules don't align. Believe me, this can happen. Second up, we have Julie Cole, co-founder of Mabel's Labels and mom of six. And Julie is going to take us through the conversations we have with our parents when our kids tell us they are part of the LGBTQ plus community. We're going to wrap up the week with a few grandparent do's and don'ts to help you navigate through the early days of grandparenting today. So... Grandma, Granny, Gramps, Gran, Nona, Tika, Bubby, Big Pop, grab your coffee or tea and let's get into it. You're listening to Go To Grandma on Zoomer Radio. Schaefer is a family counselor and parenting expert. She is the author of three best-selling parenting books, including Honey, I Wrecked the Kids, which has been translated into four languages. She is in demand all over the world, but you can find her here in Canada on her TV show called The Parenting Show or on many of the media outlets where she is the resident expert, such as The Marilyn Dennis Show, Global's The Morning Show, and Global Morning News. Check out her podcast, Parenting the Idlerian Way, on Spotify or iTunes.
0: Morning, Allison. Good morning, Kathy. I'm so excited that you've got this new show. Thank you for having me on.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I'm so thrilled that you can join us because you have dealt with so many families and you've seen every different type of dynamic. So I want to paint a little picture for you here. So I have my grandkids over for dinner and one of them misbehaves. And I don't think the parents are dealing with it in a way that I would necessarily deal with it. What do I do if I disagree with the way my kid is handling their? kid. Do I bite my tongue or do I speak up? You're going to bite your tongue until
0: you can taste blood. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not a straightforward answer. I mean, obviously, if I think that uh, there's going to be a moment where they're going to feed them a grape and the grape is not peeled and I think there's going to be an imminent choking, I'm going to jump in. But if I'm just, you know, thinking that there's a way that I would handle this and I have some sage counsel and advice, it's not that I can't share it, but it's about how I'm going to insert it into the conversation. It might not be right in the moment, but we want to make sure that we put relationship first. That's, a, that's the most important thing you can give your grandkids is to see that there's a great relationship between mom and grandma. And so to be able to do that in a way that they don't feel criticized, where it's nonjudgmental, where if you sit back long enough and just honor the fact that they are going to do it differently than you, and, and it's their child to raise, but if we can just make that space, happy and keep the relationship strong, then maybe they'll come around to us and say, you know, what did you do when we were throwing food at the table? Or did we get up and down that much? Like, that just seems, I don't know if that's normal anymore, Mom. Right. And then we've kind of won their ear. And then they're sort of like, oh, there's an opportunity where maybe I could... You know, say a few things about the way I would handle things.
1: Right. So, unless there's an imminent danger that's coming to the grandchild, it really is best sort of to sit back, think about it. Think about is this worth potentially harming my relationship with my own child to mention it, or is it something that I can live with it? I'm just going to have to, as you say, bite my tongue until there's blood, or maybe address it, and as you say, out of the setting. So, a little bit of the emotion is taken out of it.
0: Otherwise, they start saying, you know what, I, uh, I don't want to bring my kids over to my mom's house for dinner because she's too critical. She doesn't like the way I'm parenting. And, and then they start moving away from you. And that's no good. You know, you know like, we want the extended family and their new nuclear family. And you know what we will like as new moms. Yes. Like, it's all fine for us to sit back with our years of experience. But, like, you can't make a new mom not a new mom. They got to go through their crap, too. So we got to make space for it.
1: What about if mom and dad aren't there and you know what their rule is, but can you use your own rule just because mom and dad aren't there to see you do it?
0: Well, it depends how much time we're talking. Like, I work with a lot of families where literally the grandparents are kind of like the unpaid full-time care provider for the kids mm-hmm. so if you're talking about monday to friday you know 9 a.m to three thirty, then you really have to sort of appreciate that there's an expectation that you're doing what your kids have asked of you but you're kind of also like a nanny like you're going to do something differently right there's going to be you know there's going to be personal differences but if it's just like when you come to grandma's house and mom says you can't have sugar but you know go ahead i'm giving you the tootsie roll nudge nudge wink wink like <laughs> not so much maybe I'm things where we can like that's the whole joy of parenting we're done disciplined. we don't have to worry about their full development like go for the exception to the rule
1: i sometimes what i'll do with my daughter too is i will text her is it okay if he does this is it okay so i sort of seek a little bit of permission because some of the things we think are okay like the tizzy roll maybe aren't okay anymore so i'd rather go that way sometimes and sometimes i might have already given it to him but anyway you know (laughs)
0: Well, and to your point, things change. Like, look at that whole, you know, tummy time. Like, there was like a whole thing. Put them on their back, put them on their tummy, this way, that way. You're like, I don't know. Is is it the same from when we raised our kids? Like, things get updated. We find out that Tootsie Rolls maybe are a choking hazard, and we didn't know. So good to check in. That's right. So, I mean,
1: there's, as you talked about right off the top, the relationship is the one thing that you want to protect the relationship with not only your kids, but your grandkids and their relationship with each other. What is the unique value that grandparents bring to a child, you know, that they can't get from their parents alone?
0: So I, I like to think of it as, think of your family as being the place where you are socially embedded and think of it like a spider web. The more people that are in your intimate Group of social connections, the more supported you're going to be. And so we want our extended family to have good relationships because it makes this thicker mesh that's going to lead to better psychological development for our kids. But there's also with grandparents, they're often that, that patient. They're not rushing off to work. They're not supposed to be in the role of the disciplinarian. So they, they tend to be sort of this special person that can really often reach out to a child who may be struggling with other relationships where it's like, you know what, but I always knew my grandma loved me. I all, like grandma had a tender, or my grandpa, I don't, just because you and I are moms. So. Exactly. That often <laughs> there can be this very special relationship that's familial, but it's outside the nuclear family where kids can often feel like a sibling is favored or mom and dad are too rushed or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's this sort of loving, patient, unconditionalness that can kind of, you know, happen there. But I, I think the other thing, too, is that as kids are growing up, here again are the implicit rules of being in a family. When your children watch how your kids, like how Victoria looks after you, how often does she come for dinner? Does she check on you when you're sick? Does she come visit you when you're in the old folks' home? Not that you're going there anytime soon. <laughs>
1: Not anytime soon, Allison. Come on. <laughs> but
0: you're Training your kids for the expectation when I get old and crotchety, how often will you have me around? That's right. How often will you come to visit? How often does nuclear family and extended family get together? So you're modeling the expectation of what you want your child to do for you when you get old and they have kids.
1: So the main thing we want to do here with all of our interactions is really, as we keep repeating, is protect that relationship. Thank you so much, Allison, for weighing in on this and sharing. I'm sure a lot of new grandparents are going through this. We can find you... At at allisonschafer.com, and that is where you are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well, I believe. Well, carry on the conversation there. Thanks so much, Allison. You bet. Julie Cole is a recovered lawyer, mom of six, and co-founder of Mabel's Labels. She has helped her company bring their products to a worldwide market, gain media recognition, and win countless entrepreneur awards. Julie is a regular television contributor, a sought-after speaker, and a parenting blogger. Morning, Julie.
0: Hi, Kathy.
1: Julie, you have six kids. You beat me by two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're you you're ahead of me in the grandchild department. There we go. I'm winning so far. <laughs> yeah.
1: I wanted to talk to you about two of your children in particular, yes. um, and I wonder if you could lead us through some of their story.
0: Right. Okay. So... Like you said, I have six kids. They're all unique in their own way. But I do have a couple of kids who are LGBTQ+. So I'm a mom of queer kids, and that has been a really fun journey. They're really neat kids, so they're really involved in the community, and obviously they have grandparents who are a very big part of their lives.
1: Yeah, and so what was that like, Julie, when you spoke with your mom and the grandparents of the kids? How did you lead that discussion, and what was their reaction?
0: Well, you know, it was kind of child-led because you know, I'm a believer, and it's their story. And if they want to share it with whom they want to share at the time that's right for them. And I know with Posey initially, my daughter who's by, she wrote a letter to one grandma. And then she told my mom, and my mom was like, oh, yes, whatever, that's fine. <laughs> like, there was, there, was no, there was no big deal there. We were worried about our other grandma because we've heard her make comments in the past that gave us the impression that maybe she would not be affirming or supportive. But in fact... She has grown a lot and learned a lot, and she wrote a letter back that was very affirming and assured Posey that she is loved for exactly who she is. And so that was beautiful. And in fact, Posey had that that letter hanging up on her corkboard in her bedroom.
1: That's so awesome. And what a a great way to do it, to say, I really want to tell this person something, but I'm not sure, you know, and, and to give them the space sort of to read it and then react back. And again, you know, showing that we're not always right in terms of how we think people are going to react to some of the news we share. So that was a great thing.
0: Absolutely. You know what? I think the letter writing is a great strategy generally, because as you say, it gives the person time to kind of digest and then respond in a thoughtful way because their initial response might be a little bit hot-headed. And if they they blurt that out to the kid, then it's getting all wrong right from the start, right? That's right. So... At least they have time to digest and then and then share and communicate in a way that's that's meaningful and thoughtful.
1: Yeah, it was a great strategy for Posey. What about, you know, if she had said that letter, had she told your mom, and there wasn't sort of that same positive reaction, but there's just sort of like the grandparent is, I'm struggling
0: with this. Like, are there resources for grandparents? Right. Well, you know what, there are resources. And I think if a grandparent is struggling you know, I think that's okay, and I know my kids would be very patient and try and help them along, but I think from a grandparent perspective, the best thing you can do is that if you're if you're unsettled with it, try, try to fake it till you make it. Try not to let your reason, we call them our reason, know, and then try and get the support. There are support groups through PFLAG. Maybe try and do some learning. Follow social media accounts that might be helpful. Listen and read the, the, the podcasts from Free Mom Hugs and, um, And remember that your grandchild is the same child that you've always loved. And this is this doesn't define them. It's one small part of them. And do the learning. I think learning is huge. And and that says a lot to your grandchild. Like, learn the language. What is AFAB? What is non-binary? What is ACE? And I think any time grandparents make an effort to learn, it means so much. I think, you know, even outside of this topic, when I had my first child, that was the first grandchild, and on daddy-o's side, and his mom had some very uh, sort of old-fashioned thoughts about breastfeeding, and of course, we've learned so much, and she took a grandparenting course, and when my son was diagnosed with autism, their grandfather went and, and learned about ABA therapy so that he could be consistent with our teachings with our son, and to me, that just said so much, you know, that they're learning, and... You know, I think also you need to remember that as the grandparent, you need to support your child through this. That's me. That's a really
1: good point, that it's not just the grandkids that you're supporting. How are you supporting the mom of those kids as well? And the
0: dad, of course. Yeah. How are you supporting your child, your adult child? Because... I know, you know, when my son was diagnosed with autism, my mom had a hard time because she felt, Mm -hmm. oh, my daughter's going to have a different parenting experience to me, and how can I be there to support her different parenting journey? And, you know, I I think also it's really important to understand that if your child is a very affirming parent, Mm -hmm. and like I am, and I'm an advocate for my children, if you somehow make my child feel badly or... Feel like they're unloved or they're not worthy or they're not good enough you will be out of my child's life yeah it's time right? yeah
1: there's there's a bit of tough love going the other way
0: <laughs> exactly like my, i see this all the time on some of the groups and they're like oh you know my my father said this thing in front of my reason and and it's really like you know what until you're ready and you've done the work you're out because i can't we know how at risk these kids are and we cannot have their family members it's life-threatening quite frankly
1: so I know that Julie, you've written about this quite a bit and you're a great supporter of the community, of course. And so we can find you at Julie Cole on Twitter and cole.julie on Instagram and Facebook. And of course you write for the Mabel's Labels blogs and all kinds of blogs. So we can look for some more information about how to um, work through these conversations and hopefully have pleasant surprises like you did in your family.
0: Absolutely. We got to start somewhere, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Julie. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for having me, Cappy.
1: I loved these conversations and I hope you did too. Thank you, Allison Schaefer and Julie Cole for joining me on Go to Grandma and taking us through some sometimes difficult but necessary talks we might face in our brave new world of grandparenting. Their rules, your rules, their world, your world. Sometimes it's hard to make it all come together. I put together a quick list of do's and don'ts for grandparents, with my extensive experience as a grandma for almost two years. They're working for me right now anyway. Number one, do find reasons to compliment your children's parenting every time you are with them. We all remember what it's like to feel we are failing as a parent or that we're not living up to some impossible standards, sometimes set by us or so your kids might think. Number two, if you are genuinely confused by the methodology of new parenting techniques, ask. Ask in a way that isn't judgmental. This is hard, but it is in the spirit of learning. Ask how you can incorporate their parenting techniques into your own relationship with your grandkids. Not with your kids. It's too late for that. You had your chance parenting them. Number three, find reasons to have them over as a family, not just the grandkids when you might be babysitting. I know it can be tempting to wrestle those perfect grandchildren away from their parents and not worry about being judged as a grandparent and maybe even do what you want when mom and dad aren't there. But guess what? You can't. Watching them interact as a family is the best way to see how you can smoothly fit into the family dynamic and see firsthand how their rules are carried out. Number four, Do have one-on-one time with each grandchild if you can. My parents used to say, you have four kids, Kathy. It's too much to take them all. A few things on that. First of all, I am also one of four. So maybe my mom and dad were just tired. But secondly, you don't have to take all four at once. Of course they're too much. Even two grandkids, when you're not a spry 35-year-old anymore, can be too much. And the one-on-one time means you can devote your time to that one grandchild's interest instead of finding something that sort of satisfies most of them. Meal times are a big deal, and don't think that they're not. Talk to the parents about how, when, and what they want their kids to eat, and please obey the rules. Don't feed the vegan grandchildren bacon and eggs. Don't force them to finish their meals if that's not the way the parents are doing it at home. I would say do enforce your own table rules, washing of hands before meals, sitting through the meal until others are done if the child is old enough, and using utensils properly once they are able to. In my mind, those are more life skills than eating habits. Of course, the best way to do this is to model good table behavior. Get off that phone, Granddad. As with meals, sleep schedules are also a big deal. If they have a rigid sleep schedule for the kids, make sure you do everything in your power to stick to it. If the kids are sleeping over, adhere to the rules that your kids have laid out for their kids. If they're okay with the kids staying up late and you yourself can keep your eyes open past 9 p.m., go for it. If they say they go to bed at 7.30, then guess what? You have the night free to watch Bridgerton all over again. Number seven, if you have a grandkid who is LGBTQ+, they will need your support. Hopefully their parents are offering the most support to them, but sometimes having it come from another source can make it all the difference in the world. Be their sounding board and advocate loudly for them. They won't forget that you did. Be a safe space for them. Number eight, don't compare your friends' grandkids to your grandkids' not in your head and obviously not out loud with your grandkids or your kids. When they walk, talk, and learn another language is completely independent of them, as you already know from your own kids. The book All of Us Gen X Parents Read, What to Expect in the First Year, did a huge disservice to all parents and their kids as we measured them against what was thought to be the norm. Who cares? And my last piece of advice for this week... To paraphrase a friend of mine, don't let your grandkids grow up to be JPEGs. You can still do this thing called printing pictures. Make sure you do this. Don't just have them on your phone. Frame the pictures and have them everywhere in your house. Believe me when I say grandkids and kids will count how many of them you have versus their siblings or cousins. Well, that brings us to the end of the second episode of Go To Grandma. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Next week, we are hitting the road virtually of course we'll hear from Jim Byers veteran travel writer and granddad on what he's looking forward to when he finally gets to travel with his young grandchildren and National Geographic's Heather Greenwood Davis on how multi-generational travel has impacted her teenage sons and her parents as they've explored and learned about each other's worlds. I hope you'll tune in next Saturday morning at 7:30 for this very timely episode on how we navigate travel in today's world. As always, Please tweet me at Kathy Buckworth or send me an email at kathy at kathybuckworth.com. Until then, enjoy your hashtag grandma life.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.